how do we reconnect with our faith as men so before we can start to apply it to our lives? I think it starts with a community, brother. And that's one of the reasons we started what we started, just because so many guys, you're right, they, they don't know where to start or they don't feel comfortable. But I found these guys will hop on a Zoom call or they'll jump on a live stream and, and just let me start very simply start walking it through them and just showing them, hey, we're just going to read. We're going. This is what we're going to read today. And we're going to see what it says. And we're going to try to simplify and apply it. Because I read it and I do three things. I say, all right, so what happened? You know, you know, and, and you know, what happened? This is the first question. Then so what? You know, so why did that stuff happen? And then now what? And I just use that 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 framework when I read God's word. And that's what we try to teach people. It's all about simplifying and applying it. How what can what is this? What can we boil this down to that I can apply today? Because it's one thing, man, I, I was I was talking to a lot of guys lately. I heard a great analogy around like if my wife if, if I left my kid, my, my, our daughter, our oldest daughter, a note to take the trash out and she came back, you know, the next day and she gave me a speech on the history of the trash industry, you know, the, the gas mileage of, of trash trucks. And then, well, how does recycling works and, you know, all the different, what's the wages for the people who work in that industry? Yet she didn't take the dog on trash out. Like you missed it. And I think that's where a lot of guys, when they start reading the Bible, they feel like they have to know everything. No, man, you don't have to know it all. You got to put some of it in action, though. So just learn little pieces. Here's the million-dollar question. How do men like us reach our full potential, growing to the men we dream of being, while taking care of our responsibilities, working, being good husbands, fathers, and still take care of ourselves? Well, that's the big question. In this podcast, we'll help you answer those questions and more. My name is Brent, and welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for all things man, husband, and father. Big shout out to Fallible Nation. You guys make this possible, and a warm welcome to our first sign listeners. Thanks for checking us out. We hope you enjoy the show. My name is Brent, and today my guest is host of the Lion Within Us podcast, Chris Granger. Chris, welcome to the Fallible Man Podcast. Hey, Brent, it's an honor to be here, sir. Now, Chris, we like to start things on the lighter note around here. So uh, how's your trivia skills? <laughs> Depends on the topic, man, but we'll, we'll, I'll, we'll go with it. <laughs> uh, I promise it will be absurdly annoying, and, and I wouldn't have known it if I didn't look it up. So Love it. I literally type in random trivia questions and answers in Google and, and just find <laughs> some. So... You're, you're, how old are you, Chris? I uh, just had a birthday, 42. Okay. So you're in the, you're in the age range, but I'm guessing you're not much of a boy man bander. So this one may be a stretch. <laughs> what 90s boy band member bought MySpace in 2011? Was it A, Nick Lachey, B, Justin Timberlake, C, Sean Stockman, or D, AJ McLean? Uh, we'll go C. Okay, guys. Do you know the rules? Don't cheat. Don't look. And if you're driving, please don't write it down. Just remember your answer. We'll come back to that later in the show. Chris, I don't do huge intros and accolades because no one cares. Right. In your own words, today, in this moment, who is Chris Granger in your own words? Hey, bro, I'm just a podcaster who is trying to do what God's called me to do, and that's serve Christian men to help them be the leader that God intends them to be. All right. Chris, if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, bro. Superpower? Um, mm -hmm. probably flying because I hate flying. So, uh, you know, if I could do it by myself without having to go to the airport, I just think that'd be dope. I, I could do without the airport security these days for sure. <laughs> lines. What is your go-to comfort food or guilty pleasure snack? Oh, anything chocolate, bro. I mean, I, I got a sweet tooth. It's terrible. I used to be 330 pounds, but I was able to, to like knock out a lot of that sweet tooth, but it's still there. So, so chocolate sweets, Anything like that, I'm good. Sarah, Sarah's agreeing with you out there in the comments. Clint, <laughs> if you could learn and master any skill instantly, what would it be and why? Any skill, what? If you could learn or master and master any skill just instantly, like you went, this is what I want to learn, and bam, you had it. The rest oh. of life, what would it be? Uh, uh, guitar, electric guitar, lead electric guitar. So I could step in and play my Skinner riffs and without missing a beat. 
nice nice i haven't heard an instrument yet that's that's uh man there's so there are so many cool instruments though i mean there I are, sure there's a lot of cool skills but if i could just sit and just jam a guitar and just play simple man free bird sweet home alabama bro i would mm -hmm. never leave the house i mean it'd be, it'd be incredible <laughs> well see I, i'm not arguing with on that it's it's for <laughs> me it's like which instrument would i actually pick because i've always wanted to be able to play a guitar yeah but like my wife can play the piano. I'd love to be able to play the piano. I just, I'm yeah. just in awe of her skill there. Yeah. My wife is, she plays piano. We have a baby grand. So I have the piano player and my young, my 11 year old, she likes to play the drums. So I just need a good guitar player, man. So oh, okay. You, you're <laughs> on your own band there. You're good to go. That's right. That's right. It, what purchase of a hundred dollars or less have you made in the last year? That's had the biggest impact of, on your life. hundred dollars or less to purchase. Um, I'm trying. I'm, I'm thinking right now. On I just bought, bro, a pair of bib overalls because we're moving to a farm. So I, yeah, that's it. Bib yeah. overalls. Let's go. Moving out to a farm, huh? Yeah, 23 acres. We feel like God's calling us there. So we are actually we're selling this house. We actually close on it tomorrow, and then we're closing on the farm in a week. And uh, we're moving out there. It used to be an old horse farm. This was built in the 1950s. We have a house full of six people. We're going down to a 1600 square foot house built in the night in the 1950s uh but man it's all about the adventure so yeah the, the overalls that's 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 the that's the purchase congratulations man that sounds very cool thanks man good endeavor sarah and i would like to get some some land like the, the one regret about the house we live in is when we bought it we didn't think we we're going to be here right like, i had moved every three years for most of my life Okay. We never intended to stay here. That was 16 years ago. Yep. And so the only regret is if we thought we were going to stay here, we would have bought something outside of town with right. just a couple acres. It doesn't have to be much, just, just something. So I'm not hugging my neighbors. Well, part of the reason is we feel like God's calling us to, to do some events for, for men and their sons and daughters. And this has a three acre pond. It has fields. It has a horse barn. I mean, it's got things that we can build and there's some infrastructure there so we can have some live events and, and let guys and, you know, reconnect with the creator. So, uh, there's more behind it, but uh, I mean, that's, we're, we're taking a big chance, but we're just, we're just going to lean in and go with it, man. It's going to turn out great, man. I just, yeah. I know it. it's going to turn out awesome. I can't wait to hear about the events you're going to have there. Now, Chris, what are you most proud of in your life? Oh, am i most proud of man that's a tough question i i would probably just have to say my, my children you know right now they're they two of them are of age they, they decided to to follow the lord and and then that i don't take any credit there he's he's moved on their hearts and my littles we, we got two bigs and two littles we have a 12 year old and 11 year old and a 22 month old <clears throat> and a <clears throat> sorry about that and a and an eight month old so yeah man they're uh we're split up like that but just they bring me so much joy i bring i'm so proud of all of them i'm i'm I, okay i'm just totally distracted if you're listening to the audio you need to go look at chris's website and we'll have that for you but i'm looking at the logo for for your lion within and right behind you and dude that is just so killer like just <laughs> the, the that cool, man? oh man that's just awesome i, I gotta sit here thinking man i need to update my background a little bit like, <laughs> i started going on a lot of shows man i told my buddy i was like oh bro we gotta have something better than a, than a green screen so we came up with this and i think it's pretty cool i'm generally pretty happy with my flag but i'm looking at the art the quality of the art was just so good on that brother that's awesome thanks man thanks and your flag is pretty awesome though man so good stuff. i wanted something that just stated factually what this was all about that's me. it that's it so, Chris, what's one just totally random fact that people don't know about you? It could be like you don't like peas or you are a phenomenal gymnastics champion and nobody knows anything. Uh, a little, let's say a little fact about me is uh, I, uh, you know, kind of I have a lot of things that run through my mind. I work out every day. And but I always start off with the exercise bike, which is so boring, right? I mean, everybody does all these things that are like, you know, intense and all. The, but I just like getting on the bike and sweating, man. So it's uh, it's nothing flashy, nothing sexy by any means. But look, hey, it's it's the way I actually get a lot of my reading done. So I, people ask me all the time, how do you consume so much content? 
because I have authors sending me stuff, you know, consistent. Mm-hmm. My, 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 re- I'm sure like you, man, your, the reading list is ridiculous. Yeah. But I just get on the bike and it's just an easy way. And I've been doing it for 12 years now. And I usually go to a bike about every two years. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, man, it's just, that's a, not many people know that, but that's how I secrets out now. That's how I read so much. You know what? From one plus podcast or another, I, I deeply appreciate that because I, I have so many guests who are like, oh my goodness, you actually read my book before the interview. Right. I told you up front, I don't do an interview about a book without reading the books. Like, yeah, everybody says that, but not everybody reads the book. So (laughs) well done. Well done. Uh, I, you know, I didn't think that was a thing until I had so many authors who were like totally surprised when I my books and I got bookmarks and things underlined and they're like, you actually read it. Yeah. Most podcasters. Because I tell them, like, I don't do PDFs. I don't do electronic versions. They're like, you want a hard copy? I'm like, yes, I actually like, I like holding it, making notes. And they're like, oh, so, yeah, we're, we, we like hard copy books around here. Oh, yeah, that, that's the bookshelf behind me. Nice. Those, nice. Uh, those are all interviews. I actually put a page on my website because I had one of my uh, listeners one time. I was doing a live show. Right. Said, you, you recommend a lot of books. Do you have, like, a place where you have all those written down? Yep. So created a library page on my website and it's got all my authors I've interviewed at the top, but then it's got like books I recommend for business or for relationships. Oh yeah. Anything I've referenced in a podcast goes there. So that's it. That's awesome. We do a book of the week every week on our show and we have a book page too. And I've had a lot of feedback from that page of just people just go through and they look to add to their library and recommendations because they're all Christian friendly and, you know, usually around leadership have a masculine tone to them. So yeah, man, it's good to put that stuff out there. So what's something everyone should know about you before we dig into today's subject matter? Uh, I guess the main thing about me is like, yo, bro, I mean, I, I, I follow Christ. That's it. So if, you know, if, you, if you're not down with that or don't want to listen, I won't talk a lot about usually faith just comes out into what I do. You know, I don't I'm not going to hit anybody across the head with a Bible. I'm not a Bible thumper or anything like that. I just I like loving on people and I and it's all about pointing it to him, pointing it to him. So. Uh, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Fair enough. Yeah. Guys, we've been getting to know Chris just a little bit. In the next part of the show, we're going to dive into modern masculinity versus biblical masculinity. We're going to roll to our sponsor, and we will be right back with more from Chris Granger. Now, before we go any further, I wanted to share with you guys, I don't always tell you how much I love doing my podcast. Like, I passionately love what I'm doing. And one of the things that makes my life better as a podcaster is to work with a company like Grow Your Show. Grow Your Show is a one-stop podcast do it all. Now, I use Grow Your Show for my marketing, but Grow Your Show is literally a one-stop shop. You can record your episode and just drop it off with them and they take it from there. It's amazing. If you are interested in picking up podcasting as a hobby, or maybe you're looking to expand your business and use podcasting in that aspect, talk to my friends over at Grow Your Show. Adam will take care of you, I guarantee it. I trust him. He's my friend. He's my business colleague, and I wouldn't trust anybody else with my show. Hey guys, welcome back. In the first part of the show, we spent some time just getting to know who Chris is. In this part of the show, we're going to dive into modern masculinity versus biblical masculinity. Now, Chris, before we travel down this very interesting road, uh, take a minute and tell us a little bit about the Lion Within Us podcast. Yeah, Uh, I mean, it's actually used a .us for finish that yeah yeah man we, we we went and got the line within dot us just because we felt like it was a little bit easier so just to kind of stick with the theme but yeah it's basically we talk about christian leadership how, how to be the, the leader that god intends you to be kind of focus on three areas health wealth and self and we so we break that down to stronger minds and bodies better stewards of our finances and our careers and then taking you know being better husbands and, and uh, fathers so we put we wrap all that around, you know, biblical principles. So usually we bring in, we we'll have interviews where we, we've talked to guys who, you know, they go out and they they they've had experiences, they they've learned things, they they teach things, and it's just very relatable. It's very authentic. It's very transparent. I think that's why guys like it. Uh, the Monday episode is just me breaking down just a little bit of scripture. We call it a spiritual kickoff, and that actually, Brent, is crazy. That gets almost more downloads than anything else. Is that weekly spiritual kickoff? I think guys just like. You know, a guy like myself, you know, from just a just a, a normal dude. I didn't go to seminary. I don't have the the the, the doctorates in theology, 
I just like reading God's word and seeing what it says to me. And that's all I share in those spiritual kickoffs. And they really resonate with people. And then Fridays, we call them fun Fridays. We give a few tips, a health, wealth, and self tip. I throw in a couple of dad jokes for fun. We do a book of the week and you know, that's it. So it's just kind of really been the, when it was laid on my heart, it's, it's all about just serving people, trying to put some good, wholesome content out there, particularly for men who want to actually step in and, and be a leader that they, they've been called to be. They may just not know how. Or, so we really try to keep things super simple. I'm a simple guy and just give them, okay, here's some practical ways that you can apply uh, this one thing, whatever this one thing is to your life today and make an impact. So that's, that's what the line within this podcast is all about. Awesome. Awesome. I, uh, I definitely know some guys that got to share your podcast with because uh, they would absolutely dig what you got going on. Uh, I've got a men's Bible study. I go to every Monday morning. That's how I start my week. I love it. Yeah, man. And those guys would absolutely dig in. So I'm going to share your show with them. Thanks, bro. Now, Okay, question. So we're we're three years past the dreaded runner thing, but one of the things that came along right alongside that, and it was the tail end of 2019 and 20 beginning of 2020, you started seeing toxic masculinity become this huge controversy and this huge to do. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you feel now? Are we moving past that in 2023? I feel like the I don't hear the terminology as often anymore, which I'm I'm glad for, but do you feel like, you know, some people came up with that as something to blame stuff on, but we're kind of moving away from that. People are like, yeah, maybe that's not the thing. Or what do you think we are with that? I think people have, have forgot about it, bro. I think now it's all about what is masculinity at all. Like it's, we, we're, we got, we can't even answer who, what is a man or what is a woman. So I think the whole toxic piece is blown over their heads. So it's just crazy when you think about, yeah, that was something actually me and, my buddy Ryan Nickler talked about this a little bit and it's like, you know, it was, a, it was a hot topic. Right. But now it's like, nobody talks about that stuff anymore, man. They're, they're, they they can not even figure out which way they're going. So it's just, you know, I had to fill out a little thing this morning because I've got a doctor's appointment next week, just a physical, just a checkup and, it, and it have all these new ch- drop down boxes. And this is the first time I'd really seen it. So it's like, you know, your normal stuff, like, you know, male, female, but now there's like three or four other selections. And then it talks about what do you identify as? This is a, tr- a drop down box. I'm sitting there like, are you kidding me? Like, so it's just, you know, I think we're so far from the toxic masculinity conversation that that thing is completely transformed. I'm, I'm good with that. I'm, I'm glad to put that one to bed. Uh, yeah. So that was just absurdity to me. But oh, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about because I just, I was filling out some paperwork for something the other day. And it was one of those where it's like, you know, voluntary self-identification mm-hmm. and, and it had gender and race. And it's like, Oh, pronouns. I don't want to answer that was this. on the list too. What was my pronouns? That was on the list right. for the doctor. I went through that whole thing. It's like looking at all the options. I'm like, I desire, and I, I do not want to answer this. Okay. That's my option. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is stupid. This is not a valid conversation right. for the paperwork I was filling out, but it's like, why i know man i i think that's where some some of our problems come from is like where people want to get too focused like can we just people yeah i'm a people you're a people we're all the people america's supposed to be a melting pot right so, uh, it's funny just the, the trends it's but crazy you actually segue well into the next question because I was going to ask you what you thought of modern masculinity in 2023 because it has become a really big conversation. Yeah, yeah, and we need some guys to reach down and grab them and let's go. And I'm tired. I'm tired of it, man. I'm tired of these guys, you know, whipping out or standing standing in the in the shadows. We need some men to step up and move forward. I mean, this is what happened with the church. This is why the church got so feminized over the last 50 years because a lot of guys went to work and they stopped going. And, and I don't blame you. I don't blame women because the women had to step up and run the church because the guys weren't coming. Mm-hmm. So now we need some, we need some men to step up into it, particularly in the leadership positions. And I don't care who you are as a man, if you are listening and you, and you have a wife or if you have one or more children, God has handpicked you to lead your kids and to be a leader of your family. So are you going to step up and be the leader there? Cause it starts there, man. It doesn't start with all the, 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 the politics and all that stuff, all that stuff, whatever, man, it's going to land where it lands. We can start changing you know, the culture around masculinity, one home at a time, one man at a time. And I just don't think guys realize the impact we have 
the potential we have for the impact too. If we just lean into that and just actually own what he has given us. And that is masculinity. I think it's funny that we've created new, uh, new names, right? We, we're, people are red pilled or black pilled or there the, there's the manosphere. That's one of my favorite ones. Have you mm-hmm. seen that term manosphere? Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is, what, what's a manosphere? Someone, someone told me I was part of the manosphere of my show. I'm like, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> man, people, people have just lost it at this, at this point these days, man. I think it's, it, there's so much hate out there. And I think people are so blind to the attacks of the evil one. And the, the primary tool is, that he, that he wants to, to keep us, you know, divided is he wants to, to break up unity. So anything he can do to break up unity, he's going to do that. And man, we fall for it (laughs) over and over from churches to, you know, to, to leagues like, like recreation leagues for, for softball and baseball to, to businesses, man. It's just any place that you can see, man, usually the conflict is because there's just, there's no unity whatsoever. Now you said that there's a lot of confusion about what masculinity is, right? We're, and and it is ironic uh, being in an age where people are somehow are having a difficulty after thousands of years of existence, we're, we're now having a difficulty defining something that's been just a foregone definition for thousands since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I talked to other men in the minosphere, like if you want to put that term, I hate that. Uh, right. We both make shows for men specifically, right? Trying to right. help men in different areas of their lives, not because some, they're broken, but because, hey, we need a community. We need strong men walking with other men, encouraging them because men carry a lot on their shoulders. Men mm-hmm. men have a lot weighing on them and you need brothers. But let's, let's try and kind of break down. What is authentic masculinity? And I think for, for me, authentic and i was thinking about this because i'm working on a leadership program and i came up with this 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 acronym around uh act for a man i think men men need to start acting right and the a is authentic right and and the c is compassion and the t is transparent and i think from a masculinity standpoint we just need to understand that god made us you know differently He, he made man he made woman and we need to lean into the, the the character traits that he is giving us. You know, he's given us strength, speed, wisdom. We have all these different character traits that we have. Don't shy away from, it, you know, and, and for some men, he's giving you more than others, right? You know, you, it looks like you can probably bench press a lot more than me, Brent. So he's giving you that, 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 that strength, man, that I don't have, but look, we have to be as men, we, we should lean into to, to the gifts that we have and don't be, don't hide behind them. Don't be embarrassed by them. And then we also need to be lifting up our other brothers because this is what I never see guys doing from a masculinity standpoint. That's actually encouraging each other and just reaching out and, hey, bro, you, you, you're doing, you're really good at this. And when's the last time that we actually had, had guys tell us that, right? Now, if we're playing sports or something, they may say good shot or something like that. But I mean, well, we actually went out of our way to tell another father, bro, I saw what you did with your kid. I just want you to know you're crushing it, man. If we had more of that type of stuff happening, you know, from a, from a masculinity standpoint, I just think there's so much good that can happen that can change and then start, you know, turning the tides a little bit back to where it needs to be. I think that that creates such an awkward conversation for guys when someone actually does that. I, I love, I love that, that and actually answering when someone, someone asks, how are you doing? Right. You actually like start to tell them. That's right. I love the look of just like panic on someone's face in that moment. That's right. I, I was talking to a buddy of mine the other night and I, I pointed, I was like, man, I think you are just an amazing father and we're, we're friends. And he was like, uh, like <laughs> there was that twitch in his face. It's like, <laughs> I don't know how to respond to this. Right. Right. And it's, it's crazy. Right. It's tragic almost, right? Well, I won't even say almost. It is. It's tragic that for men, that that idea even becomes uncomfortable. I know. You know, our, our discipleship group that I, that I have a part of, and we have a group text message that goes, and guys are finally starting to share, you know, after, you know, six, eight months or a year of, 
of, hey, I, I need you guys to pray for me with this, or hey, I got this going on today and I, I'm really stressed out. And I've gotten to the point now when, when people say stuff like that, like, I need you to pray for me or we do this. I'm like, cool. How about right now? And they're like, oh, like, really? I'm like, yeah, like, you said, I'm not going to remember. <clears throat> I'm just going to be straight up. So let's just do it. Yeah, that really freaks people out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I have a pastor friend of mine who that that's his go-to because he, he's the first one to go. Was like, no, we're going to pray now because right. I won't remember in an hour. I've got three <laughs> little boys. I'm not going to remember an hour from now. That's right. That's right. But, yeah, we, we don't know how to. I, I don't know at what point solid friendship and camaraderie became difficult for men. Well, I have a theory. Okay. I don't know if it's right. I think it's when these stupid things came out and I'm holding up my smartphone. It's about, cause it's been about what, 11 years now since they actually hit the market. And man, it's just for me, you know, I see that the it's transformed so much in, in a bad way to where we just think, you know, Facebook, Instagram, those types of relationships are actually mean something. And in reality, they're crap. And and how many of the 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. brothers do you have that if it's going down, you're going to call them and they're not going to ask any questions. You're going to hear them picking up their keys and a shovel, whatever. Right? They're just going to be headed your way because you know that that's your boys. So many guys don't have those guys anymore, Brent. And it, it drives me crazy because, you know, we think because we have a couple thousand followers on Facebook or whatever on Instagram and we put the best of the best out there that that's who we really are. And that's why I started that act with Authentic because that's crap, man. It's crap. You know, and I'm tired of that. So it's just like, you know, we until we learn how to disconnect from these devices that are controlling our lives and plug back into the creator, that's another reason I bought the farm. The cell phone signal sucks. So <laughs> when I can bring guys out there, I'm actually going to hit me a big old sack. You can put your smart devices when you when you show up because you ain't going to need them when you're here, you know? So it's just, man, I see there's so much. I mean, get it, bro. We Our businesses... People listen to us on these things. So I'm not saying they're completely bad. Like we, 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 we run our businesses off of the ability to connect with people all over the world, but man, there has to be a better lines of delineation to be able to separate true friendship and connection versus this virtual stuff that that's just kind of mystical and that and it's out there floating around. Now for the record, all of you listening out there, guests, fallible nation, Someone said it beside me. It wasn't just me this time. <laughs> okay, good, good, good. It's, it's not just me saying, you know what? It all started right here. I, I tend to hang it on Facebook when they mm -hmm. started being stopped being followers and started being friends. Mm -hmm. Now, now we we pose the definition now. Yep. I got my it, first man. cell phone back in I think 1999. Okay. I, I was I was 19 years old and I bought the first modern self flip phone, not not the bag phones. It was the first like small modern. Oh, like the StarTac or something like that. Yeah, it's Motorola StarTac. It was the first ones. Yep. And that, yeah, I think that was 1999. Yeah, it was around then. I had a bag phone. Oh yeah, no, I I didn't have a bag phone. My friend's moms had bag phones. I grew up seeing that. I'm like I I don't even understand that. And then there were the there was like the military grade giant Nokia brick phones that were yep. huge. Yep. Those were really fancy people who had those because they were fancier than the bag phones even. Well, I mean, I just got back from two camps, man. I went with the with the children uh, department, which is like third grade through six. Then I went with the middle school and high school. There's two separate weeks, and I took all my PTO to go with these camps this year. First time I ever did it. And man, these kids they they don't know how to operate without their phone. It's crazy, bro. Like some of them can't even walk. I mean, it is unbelievable to see how a part it's like, you know, it's a part of their arm, like some crazy sci-fi movie or something. And I don't know what it's going to do to our posture, but it can't help it. Cause I mean, they're looking down the whole time, man. I'm like, dude, you could probably be like six, four if you ever looked up, you know? So it's just, it's crazy. Well, computers have already taken that impact. We're all, all rounded now between yeah. looking at yeah. screens in our hands and looking at keyboards. Right everybody's posture is, is horrible these days. Right. So I think moving back to authentic masculinity, we, when we start to look at that, right. Cause you, you made, you made a point, uh, you know, obviously I look like I'm a little physically larger than you, but I, I, I joked with one person one day. It's like, look, cause I recently shaved off my Mohawk. I had a braided Mohawk. Dope. Man. I apparently lean a little heavily, like, when I'm shaving, I, I'm a little heavier on one side. 
right. so slowly it started like kind of leaving. Yeah. it was no longer <laughs> the middle of my head uh but yeah no i had it, it was like bra- french braid of viking style down the back nice. of the time it will come back this the, my wife will only let me stay without hair for so long she doesn't like it when i keep my head shaved nice man uh, you, you, you gotta bring it back bro that's that's yeah, that was intense it sounds like yeah no i had that and my beard used to be like down to like my chest <laughs> but you know i was talking to a guy one time and it was like look you know i ride a motorcycle i'm tattooed i got a big beard i'm fairly big guy none of this makes me masculine right that's true this, this is not masculinity right we have this concept that something about our physicality makes us masculine right but, but that's not masculinity Mm-mm. i i've i had the pleasure of knowing a lot of guys in like the teams and stuff like that in military and some of those guys are the most unassuming guys you will ever see. Right. None of, none of them look like, you know, uh, who's the dude playing Reacher, Jack Reacher, right now. Have you mm-hmm. seen that actor? Mm-hmm. Dude, dude's huge. Right. None of them look like that. Right. Right. Just these very unassuming men. But man, you can just like smell and feel this mm-hmm. masculinity oozing out of them. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it comes down to, you know, the Bible talks about protection and providing and, you know, really presiding too, just being there. I think some of the most masculine things we can do is is be there for our family and, and actually be the, be where our feet are and actually, you know, lean into uh, leading them, you know, and not letting others lead them. But no, when when the world's telling them one thing and we actually pull out and say, no, no that's, that's not how we're going to do things. And here's why, because I love you and I want you to know the truth. Right. And I think some of the most masculine words uh, that men need to start saying more, particularly around if you're you dudes that are, that are raising girls and I'm raising three of them. We got our, our, our ladies need to hear us say, I'm sorry. We should be the chief apologizers in our house because they need to see that we're not perfect, but we also know we can how, how to, 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 to take those steps when we do make mistakes. Right. And what that looks like. The most masculine thing I can do for my boy, he's eight months old, is to show him how I love my wife. That's it. You know, she cannot teach him to be a man. I have to do that. The most masculine thing I can do for my daughters is to show them what to expect to be treated, how to what their expectations should be to how to be treated by a man. And I do that by how I treat them, how I treat my wife. They need, they need to see that because when some dude rolls up and he rolls up to our house and blows a horn, yeah, that ain't gonna happen because mm-hmm. they don't roll the horn and girls come running. Because if, so, if you show up in my house and blow the horn, if you guys are listening, you know, a couple of years from now. Just beware, you know, Remington 870, it's ready. Let's go. I mean, this is not going to happen. You're not going to be out there treating my daughter that way. And first of all, she wouldn't she wouldn't respond to that. So I think if we can start having more guys just step up and understand what that looks like, those little steps, man, to me, that's some of the most masculine things you can do. I, I have this goal as a dad, right, because I have two little girls. My goal is to live my life in a way – that sets the bar so stupidly high for what men are. Right. That even if they pick something low, he's still going to be such a good quality. He's going to be solid. Because they, their expectation is like up here, just below Superman. Right. Trying for Superman. I'm probably not going to get that far, but you know, I'm, I'm just trying that. That's my goal as a dad. That's it, though. That's Setting it. that bar just so stupidly high that the worst guy they could bring home is going to treat them well. Mm-hmm. That's right. Right. The way I treat them, the way I live my life, the way I act, uh, the way right. I present the examples I set, that's that's the goal, right? That's it, man. Because someday some guy's going to come around and want to take my baby out. I'm, that's going to be a whole nother day. I'm not ready for that day either, man. So, I mean, it's, for me, it's just like repeating things to them. You know, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. And there's no mistakes in you. I mean, God, just just walking them through some scriptures for, for us, it's just trying to make sure they're grounded in that. And it's not just to say one time and that's it, man. Like, you you didn't say to your wife, Sarah, when you guys got married, I love you. And that's the only time you said it, right? I mean, if you did, I think she wouldn't be smiling quite as much as we, when I got when I met her earlier. No, man, she... You tell your wife like I tell mine. I look, it's a, every day. You have to constantly remind them and show them and, and express it, man. So I just think too many times, guys, we just fall down in those areas and we just got to look. It's okay. We all fall down. We need to recognize and start making better decisions. 
so let's let's start talking about biblical masculinity or divine masculinity sure. however you want to say it you know the bible has answers mm -hmm. my show is not actually like a faith-based show i am i'm a faith-based individual yeah. uh so i have a mix of faith-based listeners and non-faith-based listeners i recognize the authority of the bible right. I, i'm a christian i'm very proud of that fact but one of the most amazing things to me is the Bible actually has a pretty decent outline of masculinity. So what does biblical masculinity look like? For me, it all comes down to one word is meek. And then I always like to tell a couple stories around, you know, cause I, I'm with you, man. Not everybody listens to the lion is, is Christian either. I, I know we have guys out there that are listening just because maybe they like the, the redneck accent or something. I don't know, but so I always pull it out. You know, when I'm talking to guys about the Bible and a lot of them roll their eyes, I'm like, well, look, man, let's make sure we understand who this Jesus dude is. I mean, yes, he was meek, and I'll talk about that in a second, but he he's the guy who rolled up to the temple with his boys. He saw things weren't going down the way they should have been. And basically, they were selling stuff. They were, they were making a mockery out of the temple, and that's the church. And he didn't just clear a house. He left, made a cord. And then came back and cleared house. And it doesn't say that the 12 boys helped him either. I mean, he cleared house by himself. And that's righteous anger. And that's the type of masculinity. That's why when people say you, you can't ever get angry, I no, you're, you're wrong. You, you can. There's righteous anger out there. There's a reason that God gives us these emotions. We need to lean into them when, we're, when they're done the right way. This same dude walked up to a cave full of dead people, yelled at a dead guy, and he came walking out the cave. So, I mean, you start reading stories like that around Jesus. And for me, that's why we call it the lion within us because we hear so much about the lamb, bro. And I get it. The lamb of God is so important, but he's 100% lamb and 100% lion. And let's talk about for guys. I don't know about you. I just think lions are cooler than lambs. I just do. If I want to eat, yeah, let's go have some lamb. But if I want to go hang out with a, with a mean animal, that's a lion. And I just res, I think that resonates more with guys. And that's what we talk about. And the whole meekness part, I always pull it when guys, when I share that word, they think immediately of wheat. I'm like, bro, you're missing it. It's not wheat. Just because it rhymes doesn't mean it's the same thing. So meekness is control power. So when I, and I always relate it to a horse, like a Clydesdale. You walk into a Clydesdale, those things are massive. But you know what? My little 12-year-old can, can walk a Clydesdale around because of the bit in its mouth because it has surrendered that control to her at that point when she has the lead rope, right? And that's the thing is, as a man, it's not that we're weak. It's that we're submitting to a greater power. And that greater power for me and the way I live my life is the Holy Spirit and, and God. You know, I'm following what he's telling me to do. So tell, sometimes that tells me I probably shouldn't throttle that guy in the nose like I want to. Right. And I really want to. but I shouldn't do it. But then sometimes because I can tell you what, if you come in and you start, you know, uh, crossing boundaries for my family or protection, things like that. Yeah. At that point, I know righteous anger is going to come out and I'm qualified to do it. And I think we need more men leaning into that. You know, you need to be able to protect your family. You need to learn how to have some of these skills. So if things go down, you're not just throwing your hands up in the air, but you can take action. So while I always relate biblical masculinity to that word meekness and understanding what that is, that controlled aggression that's needed and we need more of it and we need more guys leaning into it. I, I'm actually, since for all our listeners, like I said, if you, you're not, if you're listening and you don't see the video, he's does the lion within Palacast and he has this beautiful, majestic lion picture behind him. And as you're talking about the difference between being meek or weak, all I can think is a lion doesn't have to tell anybody it's a lion. Mm -mm. There, there, there's no question for the animals on, on the African savanna who the lion is. And, right. and they know they can push that boundary. And if the lion's not interested in them, like I, I love to watch like National Geographic stuff. Right. And you'll you'll see these, you know, prey animals who are relatively close to that lion. But you know what? He's full, he's satisfied, and he doesn't care. Right. Like it's, it's not important enough to get his attention. Mm -hmm. And there will be prey animals right there. They know he's a lion. And they know right now he's okay. He's in a good mood. Right. That's right. That's right. But, but he never like stands up like Lion King style and roars from the drop of a rock. He's like, hey, look at me. No. Look at no. me. That's right. That's right, man. 
it's controlled. And I think that's the big difference. You know, we, we think the masculinity and strength and things like that, it's always has this negative condemnation because all that you ever hear about is when things go bad, but you don't ever, they, they never put the focus or spotlight on the men who, who are, who are using that aggression, who are using those skills to do good. You know, it, it may get a headline every now and then, but it is so rare, man, because all they want to point out from, from, the news media outlets and things like that is, you know, the bad stuff. Cause that's what gets clicks. So you know, I, I'm done with that stuff. I'm like, all right, there, there, it's okay to lean in and be aggressive and to take a stance for what's right when it's done with righteous from a righteous standpoint. Why do you think church has become unappealing for a lot of guys? Well, a lot of it's cause we sing to these songs like Jesus is our doggone boyfriend, man. And I, I'm so tired of that crap. It's like, look, man, he is not my boyfriend. He is my Lord and savior. So let's stop singing about that kind of stuff and let's start worshiping the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And, and I think if we could just start changing a little bit of the music, that would probably help. And then the sermons, I'm telling you, man, here's what I do, man. Every day I take this right here. This is God's word. I'm holding it up for you guys out there watching. I just read it and guys love it. And if it's convicting, it's, it's good, man. I need my toes to get stepped on. I don't need to walk into a church on Sunday and hear about how great I'm doing. And how how awesome and how everything's going to be okay. And if I fall down, don't worry. Jesus is going to pick me up and wipe me on my butt and, and give me a kiss on my forehead and let me go. Because that's not the gospel, man. The gospel is offensive. If it doesn't offend you, you're not reading it right. You know, and it, so the whole point, I think guys, they like that conviction. But I see so many pastors that are doing these, these little feel-good sermon series. And, and they go through the, the, the verses that make them, that are easy to preach, that are easy to talk about. And guys, they don't want to hear that. And the guys want to hear some truth. And I think that's it. the pastors that I follow that are crushing it. That's what they do. They don't, they don't, you know, skip over verses because they're uncomfortable. They'll actually just lean into them and they'll just tell them, Hey, I'm getting ready to talk about money. You probably, you guys are probably not going to like this, but that's okay. I'm very comfortable talking about money. So let's just dig into it. And when they say, when I have pastors that do stuff like that, man, I think that's when the spirit moves. And then that's what resonates with men. So between the music and the preaching, we could really just take a real good focus and just point it all back to him. I'm not saying redo everything. Just let's just get back to what it's supposed to be. I think you'd see a big difference in the church. Okay. I, I think something you said earlier plays into it as well. You, you mentioned there's, there's a little too much lamb and not enough lion. Mm -hmm. I know in my younger years, like I, I spent a lot of my, I even served as a youth minister Right, I paid staff youth minister for several years. Nice. And even at that time, I didn't feel like I was going to heaven. Mm. I grew up a preacher's kid. I knew the Bible inside and out. I knew scripture. But even, even as a youth minister, right, I was convinced. I was like, okay, well, I'm helping them get to heaven. Right. But I didn't feel like there was a place for me because I was way too... You know, I, I qualified for special forces when I was in the military and then I got injured and that pulled me out of there. But I mean, that was my end goal. These are the people right. I hung out with. This is the way I was. I was always very aggressive. Uh, violence came very naturally for me. Right. And, you know, we, we, there are some great scriptures in the Bible, right? Where it talks about, like David's mighty men and, mm -hmm. you know, David was, David was a like BA warrior. Like David was incredible. Mm -hmm. but we tend to shy away from that and, and focus on, and, and there is absolute necessity for God's love, but like, there's a lot of focus on the softer and, and less yep. masculine uh, conversations and some of the story. Cause I mean, the Bible's got some stories in it that have some great lessons. You're just like, Ooh, that's. Hmm. That's and, right. You know, the bear came out of wood and ate all the kids who were mocking the prophets. Like, Oh, what, what just happened, God? Right, right. I'm just telling you, man. And we don't we don't talk about that stuff, man. It's all it's 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 a lot of New Testament, which that's fine. But I think there's something to be said about dropping the plow a little bit, going into the Old Testament, looking at some of those stories, and and, and leaning into the Word, man. And I just I, I think again, the pastors, particularly one in particular that I follow, man. He's just that's what he does. He he picks books of the Bible. He goes after it. And he has a really good way of just of not adding anything to it, but just bring it, just just preaching the word and letting that come to life. And I think that's the reason why you see some of these churches that are doing some really amazing things. Guys, we've been talking with Chris a little bit about modern masculinity versus biblical masculinity. And, and what is this whole masculinity thing? Because apparently that is a question these days that 
uh, seems a little odd to some of us, but apparently that's a conversation we have to have now. In the next part of the show, we're going to discuss practical applied faith in men, what this actually looks like to take your faith and put it into your life, as opposed to just all the happy stories. We'll be right back with more from Chris. How well do you sleep at night? Do you toss and turn and wake up more tired than when you went to bed? Sleep is commonly one of the critical elements people fall short on in their life. The quality of sleep you get directly affects your ability to control your weight, your ability to add muscle, your stress levels, and your everyday job and life performance. If you're ready to move to the next level, then sleep has to be part of the plan. Check out our friends at ghostbed.com if you're ready to get your best sleep. I love my ghost bed. I've been sleeping on one for a couple of years and has made a huge difference in how I sleep. Hit ghostbed.com and use the code thefallibleman30 to get 30% off your order and start getting better night's sleep tomorrow. Now, let's go on to the show. Guys, welcome back. In the last part of the show, we were discussing modern masculinity versus biblical masculinity and what masculinity is. In this part of the show, we're going to discuss practical applied faith as men. Because some of us are really familiar with Bible stories, but what does it actually look like to push faith out in your everyday life? Hmm. Now, as we're digging into that, Chris, I wanted to ask you as, as a fellow podcaster, okay, advising and working with men, do you ever like deal with imposter syndrome? Because I, I know it's a struggle for me, right? Every time I'm trying, it's like, who am I to advise anybody on anything? Is that something yeah. you struggle with? Well, I mean, just on days it end with why, man. Other than that, I'm good, you know. But I mean, I think it is. It, it, it's intimidating too for me. Cause you know, I didn't go to a seminary or anything like that. I just have a love for God's word and I just love digging into it and, and learning and, and teaching what he's, he's shown me. But man, I read the Bible every day for our community at the line within us. And every day it's, it's, I get more nervous. Like I went to Louisiana and got to go on like the, the, more, the number one Christian podcast out there. I got to meet the dudes from duck dynasty. It was awesome. Got to hang with them. I'm more nervous in the mornings in my studio by myself reading scripture when I go live in our community than I, than I was on that show. Just because for me, it's like there's a there's a, a high level of, of responsibility when you crack open God's word and then you start trying to teach this stuff, man. It's, it can get it gets kind of you know a little bit intimidating. So I, I think, you know, as for guys, I think I can resonate for, pretty well with a lot of them because. So many guys don't feel qualified, and I definitely don't at times, man. And, and I think that imposter syndrome is just real. I think it's one of those things that anytime you feel like you have to share with somebody else, right? You know, people would think, like, how long have you been doing your show, brother? Uh, this show's been for just a year and a half. This is a relatively new show. Okay. Um, I started doing this in 2020. So we're going on three years. Uh, this September will be three years, I believe for the podcast. And, you know, every, like I, I kept thinking it would go away eventually. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm very comfortable on a mic. I have a background. I've been, I've been doing public speaking since I was 11. I'm very comfortable speaking, getting used to a camera that took a little while to screen, but like every time I'm putting together a show, I'm like, uh, <laughs> really? It's real, man. It's real. Sarah put in the comments, called, not qualified. And that's the, what I actually have that on my screen, Sarah. Sarah, that's crazy. You called that out, man. So I, I have uh, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And that's it. You know, if you just remember that and whatever you, that you feel like you've been called to, you just got to lean into it. Now, he didn't call me to the NBA, thankfully, because I had to get smoked there. But other than that, <laughs> man, what, what he's calling me to here, we're just going to roll with it every day. So how do we start reconnecting men and faith, right? Before we can apply it to our everyday lives, we have to reconnect with our own faith. Wherever we are in that journey as men, some men haven't started that journey. Some men, that's not of interest to them. Some men are in that place where they're just like, uh, you know, God's, I know God's there and I'm here. Right. And we just, you know, don't hang out very often. How do we reconnect with our faith as men so before we can start to apply it to our lives? I think it starts with a community, brother. And that's one of the reasons we started what we started, just because so many guys, you're right, they, they don't know where to start or they don't feel comfortable. But I found these guys will hop on a Zoom call or they'll jump on a live stream 
and, and just let me start very simply start walking it through them and just showing them, Hey, we're just going to read, we're going, this is what we're going to read today. And we're going to see what it says. And we're going to try to simplify and apply it. Cause I read it and I do three things. I say, all right, so what happened? You know, you know, and, and you know, what happened? This is the first question. Then so what, you know, so why did that stuff happen? And then now what? And I just, you use that, that, that framework. When I read God's word, that's what we try to teach people. It's all about simplifying and applying it. How, what can, what is this? What can we boil this down to that I can apply today? Because it's one thing, man, I, I was, I was talking to a lot of guys lately. I heard a great analogy around like if my wife, if, if I left my kid, my, my, our daughter, our oldest daughter, a note to take the trash out and she came back, you know, the next day and she gave me a speech on the history of the trash industry you know the the gas mileage of, of trash trucks and then well how does recycling works and you know all the different what's the wages for the people who work in that industry yet she didn't take the dog on trash out like you missed it and i think that's where a lot of guys when they start reading the bible they feel like they have to know everything no man you don't have to know it all you got to put some of it in action though so just learn little pieces you know i know it can be intimidating but just learn little pieces and apply it and i think if, if, if community is a great way and I see guys really leaning in because I have a lot of guys that just sit back and listen. And I know that's cool. Just listen. And then when you when you feel comfortable, drop a question or a comment or things like that. And I think a lot of guys just need that community, those those opportunities to ask the basic questions that they don't feel comfortable asking maybe in a church setting. Forgive me if I'm playing with my camera. I'm like, it was screenshotting while I do this. You're all good, bro. <laughs> So once we start to reconnect, and, and I think community is really, I used to underestimate the community aspect of it. I really did. Uh, I was really good at talking to groups and, and working with groups, but for a long time, I really underestimated the value of surrounding yourself with men that you look up to mm -hmm. and men that encourage you and men that you know bring out the better versions of you. And for a long time, I know I missed that in my life. Like that, that yep. was just not something I actively did. I'm a homebody. So I don't like to go, I'm, I'm not like a go hang out kind of guy. Right. And I think that is a, a lot of men feel alone most of the time. Mm -hmm. It's one of the most common issues plaguing men right now is most men, even when surrounded by family feel alone. Yep. And I think it's because we're not connecting with, we, we were meant to be tribal. Um, and I hate in the manosphere, we throw that word around a lot. Or I was like, find your tribe. Rawr. We we are meant to be surrounded by other men. Right. And I think a lot of us miss that. So I think that's a great way to start reconnecting with our faith, is finding men who live with faith and apply right. their faith. And see, man, I missed that for years, bro. I mean, I didn't start discipleship groups until about two years ago. And our church doesn't offer them. Our churches are like a lot of churches. They have, you know, tr traditional services and then they'll have like Sunday school. And Sunday school is fine, but that's not really where guys can connect. Because usually if you go to Sunday school, unless something's going on, you got your spouse with you. Right. So, I mean, that's just the way it works. So, I started discipleship groups. I learned this from Pastor Joby. And man, my discipleship group started with, with three guys. And now we're up to about a dozen. And we had this, this, this group text message that goes out. We meet every other Saturday and these guys, I'm telling you what, they show up and they show out. And I mean, they're, I don't think we've had a meeting yet where somebody hadn't broken down. You know, we have a lot of, of, you know, there's just life that happens, right? I've lost a child. We've had two other guys who've lost a child. I mean, it's just when you get guys like that in a room like that and you just start talking about real life questions and, you know, start digging into it together. There's something beautiful about that, man, to the tribe part. And I mean, these guys now, we're moving, like I mentioned. I sent one text message after that group, and I got I got a tribe full of guys that's going to be here ready to go on moving day. You know, and it's, we're going to do that. And we're not going to meet that morning. We're just going to actually we're going to uh, you know do that that work together. But I think so many times, you know, the church isn't intentional about that. So my advice to a lot of guys, and maybe you guys are listening, and you think this sounds cool, start it. Like just start it yourself, man. Be the spark. I mean, for us, what we do, I usually pick a book. And this is how we do it. Not a book of the Bible either. I just pick a book, you know, a, a Christian book, and then we start working through that. 
and they usually that aligns with the Bible. So we're going through the Bible, but it gives us talking points. I think a lot of guys need stuff like that, just a little spark. We don't need a lot to get going, but it's something common we can work towards. And I mean, if any of you guys need help with that stuff, I've I've run a lot of these. I can give you a bunch of different, you know, books and resources to study guys. All that most of the study guys and all that stuff is free. You guys just figure out how you want to roll with it, man. But I think that's a, a major opportunity that guys have to to get together to start a discipleship group and really think about that iron sharpening iron. You don't you can't have that unless you come together. I mean, that's how iron sharpens iron. It's friction. It comes together. It's actually hammering on each other, but you can't do that if you're never together, man. Are you familiar with uh School of Men, School uh, of Men. Uh, Cole something. He's uh, down in Little Rock. Okay. Uh, I haven't heard of that one. He runs a gym, but he has his elite program that's an invitation only. It's called School of Men. And he has it online and locally. But, like, you have to apply to get in. Right. And they tied physical workouts in. But they're also like you have books you have to read and you're having conversations with the other men in the group and mm-hmm. all these. It's like this is a guy who's getting this is this is how we connect as men. We, we right. need physical activity. We actually uh, so I run a men's conference called the Phoenix Conference. And one of the things we added this last time was a novice strongman competition in the middle of the event. Nice. Because I like strongman workout stuff. So, yeah. I have a bunch of strongman equipment that we bought for it. And we, we had this like just novice strongman competition. Cause like, I was like the first one we're missing a physical, we, we, we have some great speakers, but I feel like we're missing a physical aspect as right. men. So we added that in we're going to keep that being a part of it for the next one too. But I think adding that physical component, like you guys moving together, right. that's gonna be like seriously strong time together. Oh yeah. Yeah, and you may discuss the Bible. It may come up in passing back and forth. You may not. But that's going to be strong bonding time together. Amen. Men working yeah. side by side is always powerful. It's so powerful, dude. I mean, like most Fridays we go rucking, and we'll go for you know three and a half, four miles at a time, and we'll do stuff like that. But it's you have to get out there. I think men can, like you said, they connect shoulder to shoulder. Usually we're sweating or doing something hard, and so we do that. Uh, I mean. I, the recent uh, youth camp I went on every morning, me and a couple of the men leaders, we got up and we would go hiking up the mountain. We were in the mountains. Let's go. I mean, and that was some, some great fellowship. You know, was it hard? Yes. Did it suck at times? Yeah. We made two kids throw up. It was awesome. But it was a great way for us to connect, man. So I just think do something hard together, you know, and we did a Murph. Our group did a Murph on uh, oh. Memorial Day, bro. And we, we had like seven of us. And my daughter did it with our oldest daughter did it with a suit. It was killer at the end. I mean, we were, all, we were almost all died, but I mean, it was good. <laughs> I mean, but it was stuff like that that this thing brings you together. Oh, that's I, I don't run. I, uh, I jammed up my leg in the military. And so I can't run very far before it becomes a problem. Right. But I, I use that as an excuse because I can't do that many pull-ups. Yeah, those pull-ups, <laughs> they sucked, man. And I had that 20-pound vest on, too. So, yeah, that was – we broke it up in the – we had 50 rounds. So, we didn't have to do a lot of pull-ups at once. But it was that was not fun, man. It's, it's brutal. It's brutal. <laughs> yeah, you, it's Cole. I believe it's Cole Roger. You should check it out. He was actually working on setting the Murph world record the last time I talked to him. That, that was his goal. He was going to do, like, the most Murphs completed in a single day or something. Oh my gracious! He must just like torture or something, right? I, I think yeah, he's he's a little 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 nuts there. Yeah, the squats is what got me, the air squats, because that last mile we start, we took off that last mile. I was like, whoa, where you at, legs? <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> you know? So yeah, Chris, what what does it look like to take your faith and then apply it through daily activity? Uh, I think. For me, it's hard to answer that because that's just what I do now. I think from the big change for me was when I didn't hide from it, when I tried to be something different on Sunday versus what I was Monday through Saturday. I think when you actually start walking out, what what one of the most embarrassing things for me was I was a uh, I, I meant was in engineering and sales, and we've been meeting with this vendor for a couple of years. And I knew this vendor, and I had changed my background um, on my computer to what. Sarah, I mentioned earlier, you know, God doesn't call to qualify. He qualifies to call. 
and it popped up on the screen because I was presenting something. And he asked me, so well, Chris, are, are you a Christian? And I, and I felt like this big, I'm like, dude, how did you know me forever? How did it, but he, he never saw the fruit. And I was like, yeah, I, I am. And I'm starting to recognize it more now and I'm walking it out. So I just think, man, you just got to walk it out. And if, if people aren't seeing the fruit in you, you know, and if you don't know what I say about fruit, just hit me up. I'll be glad to share that with you guys later. But I mean, there should be evidence that you are separated and you are walking differently. And I always use the chocolate chip cookie reference when I bring this up with guys. I'm like, look, because I mean, I, I try to lead Christian men. I want them to think through what does that look like from walking their faith out. And to make a chocolate chip cookie, plus I just like cooking. Well, if you make one, you have the cookie dough, right? And that's, you know, your eggs and your flour and your, all the ingredients to make the dough. And you blend all that stuff together and it makes a wonderful dough. And then you mix in the chocolate chips and you put that in the oven. When that thing comes out, man, you have a beautiful chocolate chip cookie. But you can't tell what sugar or eggs or milk or flour or any of those ingredients. It just, it's all mixed together. But you can look at that chocolate chip cookie and see the chocolate chip. They're distinguishable. They stand out because they mixed in. They didn't blend in. So I think if you're going to be a Christian man, you're going to walk this thing out called life and bring your faith into into your work, into your career, you got to be that chocolate chip. You got to mix in. You have to, and don't be ashamed of it, man, because remember, the chocolate chip is the best part of cookie. I mean, if you didn't have that, it'd just be a sugar cookie, and who cares? So let's break, you know, mix it in and start walking it out, and don't be ashamed of it. I think if we do that more, man, it's just going to become more and more natural. Chris, for, for anyone listening today, who is, you know, they're weighing on what you're saying. It's like, you know, I, I, I connect with this. I, I think that I actually am not letting those chocolate chips show, you know, mm-hmm. what, what are the first three steps that our listeners can implement right now as they start this journey to maybe live their faith more apparent in their life, more fully in their life. First, I would say for you guys out there, you got to get one verse down, man. And, and this one verse, it's a, it's a little bit different, but it's Romans 8 and 1. And I say this to, to guys because there are a lot of guys out there who constantly look in the mirror and all you see is bad. All you see is the, the drugs you did in high school or the girls you slept with or the money that you blew on you know, tobacco, alcohol, whatever, and, and you see all the bad. And I just need you guys to know one thing. Romans 8 and 1 is very clear. Therefore, now there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. If you can just figure that one verse out and understand that when you look in the mirror, you're not looking at a, con- a condemned man. You're looking at a forgiven man and just truly believe that. So, I mean, I, I call it, it uh, the it is written. So we need to have some it is written in our life. And that's got to be one of them. That's got to be one of them. And I think probably the second thing you need to do, you got to get plugged into a community, preferably a local church. You know, and I know you guys thinking, well, churches, uh, there's no good churches around me. They're full of hypocrites. And I will just tell you this. You're right. And there's room for one more. So go get plugged in to, to, a, to a local church because the, the, the scripture talks about the church and, and, and the Christian man and being a body where, where Jesus is the head and we're the body. And I bring this up sometimes. I've heard this story in the past, too. You walked outside of a, of a church building and saw a, a foot amputated in the parking lot. You would think. Something is wrong. Like this is this is not good. Like somewhere someone's hopping around and they're missing a foot. And that foot is going to do what? It's just going to die. And that's the same way as what's going to happen to Christian men in particular who feel like they can do this thing called life without a community. Because the Bible tells us each each member of the of the body has a function. Maybe you're an ear. Maybe you're an eye. Maybe you're an elbow. I don't know. Maybe you're the foot. But I tell you one thing: unless you're connected to the body. That's the local body of Christ and to the belief with other believers. You're not going to make this thing called life on your own. You're not going to figure it out because the evil one, he's going to pound you over and over and over. And you're going to need that body to help build you up. So, I mean, you, you got those two areas there. And then the third thing, man, I think as Christian, man, if they want to start walking this thing out called faith more, I think you need to be super intentional about your prayer life and, and reading God's word. And you don't have to like go through this Bible reading plan and get super deep in theology. You can if you want to, but you could just simply start off what, what, what I teach our guys, whatever day of the week it is, whatever day of the month it is, rather. So today is the 20th day. Read Proverbs 20. 
there's 31 Proverbs. Okay, that's how many books there are. Just pick whatever day it is. So tomorrow, read Proverbs 21. The next day, 22. And we get to the end of the month, guess what? Start over. If this, if that's all you need to do for about a year, is just read one proverb a day, bro, that's going to help you grow so much. Just the fact that you're being obedient and in the word, and then you take that little bit of time and you pray at the end, and it doesn't have to be elaborate, but if you're just intentional about talking to him, I guarantee you he will talk to you. So I don't know if those t- those tips help, but they're usually ways that I point guys to get started to, to start walking this thing out called faith. See, I'm, I'm not sure that there's a bad answer on that because uh, those are all very constructive. Chris, what's next for you? Uh, bro, I'm trying to figure out how to do this thing called the line within us full time. I mean, this this is where I know God's calling me and 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 I get more joy serving and, and helping these guys than I, than I ever have with any other part of my career. And I've had some really good wins in my career. Uh, but when I get one guy sign up for five bucks a month or one guy sign up for a community for 50 bucks a month, I get more joy and excitement out of that because I know I can help that dude than, than any anything I've ever won from in the secular world. So it's just I'm trying to figure out how to do this. Moving to the farm is a part of it. And I, I'm just really focused on serving others and helping others and just being obedient to what he calls me to next. So I don't, I don't know what he's going to call me to, man, but hopefully it's something cool like like this. And we'll just keep uh, just just keep being obedient. Where's the best place for people to connect with you? Yeah, I mean, you can email me directly at chris at thelionwithin.us. Man, I don't I don't mind sharing that email or the thelionwithin.us. We have all our resources on that website. So we have the, lots of different ways to connect with our community. We have a free 30 days to unleash the line within that gives you tons of free resources. So any of those areas, man, I'm starting a leadership program that's going to be kicking off in September. So, yeah, we have tons of ways that we're trying to serve guys live events all lots of fun things happening but man the the line within.us is our primary site where you can connect with all that stuff all right guys as always we'll have you know all the good links and all the different ways you can connect with chris and we want to make sure you can find him now i know you're all dying to know which 90s boy band member bought myspace 2011 and chris you said c yeah yeah, I just went with C. Yeah, that was what my strategy in college. Just go with C. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, unfortunately, that one fell through for you here. It was B. Cheston Timberlake bought MySpace okay. in 2011. Okay, I didn't know MySpace still existed in 2011. So that's... I didn't either, man. Well, good for <laughs> Justin. That was a great investment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the one that's not around anymore, <laughs> Chris. I want you to wrap us out today with this. What is the most important takeaway you want people to hear today? Oh, that's very simple, man. Just be obedient to whatever he calls you to do. You know, he's not going to call you to do the same thing he's called me to, or he's called Brent to, but he's called you to do something. You have a choice. You want to even listen to it or you're going to ignore it. I'm going to encourage you to be obedient and just do whatever he tells you to do. Guys on that note, be better tomorrow because of what you do today. And we'll see you on the next one. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.